everybody. Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. You are listening to episode 40 and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Hey everybody, welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. I am here with Mickey Harrison, uh, who was in our film festival last year and has been a part of our film festival in one way or another, for the last three years. And um, Mickey uh, grew up in New York, and her uncle and her father were both actors. And Mickey was very interested in the entertainment business, in acting especially, uh, but they discouraged her from joining the family business, and they suggested that she do something else, right? Uh, so Mickey became, <laughs> she became, she went from that to becoming a nurse practitioner and she volunteered to help in Vietnam during the war. Um, and then she came to San Diego and she worked at Kaiser Permanente, which is, um, a hospital and insurance company. Um, and it was then that she began to look into a career in acting. Um, but she started with theater. And uh, she met DJ Sullivan from San Diego. She had a great reputation as an acting coach. And that basically led her into working in film because DJ suggested to her that if she really wanted to get more experience in acting, that she should work for students uh, in their student films. And in about 1989, she started doing that, and it, that was a, really right before you retired, Mickey, from, from what I know. And then from there, next thing you know, she started her own production company, Lulu Films. And Mickey, uh, now this is, this is not something I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it at her, uh, she insisted that I share this information with you. So if you plan on being a guest on this podcast, I don't want to scare you. Um, I do not introduce my guests by telling you how old they are, <laughs> unless they're kids, right? Uh, but Mickey right now is 83 years old, and she's been uh, making films for over 32 years now. And so here we are, it's 2018, and she's currently working on her third mobile film, which she uses an iPhone 6S uh, as, her, as her camera. And uh, as you can imagine, she's got a lot of connections here in San Diego with, you know, regular filmmakers, whatever that means, right? Uh, people who are used to using big cameras. So what I wanted to tell you about Mickey is that uh, she's used to working on big film sets and, and so forth. Um, but uh, then she found out about the International Mobile Film Festival through me. <laughs> and uh, I remember we reconnected, and, uh, and I mentioned it to Mickey, and she laughed at me. And she said, ha, 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 you know, making films with phones, get out of here. And that's literally, quote, unquote, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's right. So I wanted to share with all our listeners this very special guest, um, 
Mickey Harrison. Mickey, thank you for coming and being a part of the podcast. My pleasure. Uh, you just about summed everything else up in my life. Um, <clears throat> I uh, came from a family, like Susan said, um, my father, and actually it was my father's cousin, who um, <clears throat> were actors, and my father's cousin, Charles Sterrett, um, got a contract with Paramount and wanted my dad to go out there. But um, dad was newly married and family was on the way, which was me. <laughs> and they uh, decided to stay in New York. And my cousin went out to Hollywood. And he was in the first Dr. Fu Manchu film with Boris Koloff and Myrna Loy. And then they made him a um, cowboy from New York, Brooklyn. I mean, I can't imagine it, but um, he uh, was quite successful, and he was called the Durango Kid, wound up in the Cowboy Hall of Fame. And uh, so it was like, boy, I've got a lot to live up to, but I was approaching 55. I wanted to retire early and get into acting. That was my goal, acting. I uh, wasn't planning on becoming a filmmaker. But when I, um, like Susan said, I started taking classes with DJ Sullivan. And uh, DJ said, if you want experience in acting, you need to go over to San Diego State, audition in their general audition at the beginning of the school year, and um, get some experience. Well, I went. And it turned out that they would, the, the students were taking me from one classroom to another, and I wound up on three films just that one audition day. And uh, I found that I wasn't satisfied with just memorizing lines and going home. And that's and, your favorite thing, to memorize lines. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, <clears throat> a little difficult. I'm more into improv uh, because of the memory. But... Um, yeah, I I just was really curious, and so I asked uh, Greg Durbin, who was the head of the film department, if I could sit in on other student films and take notes on lighting, sound, uh, you know, uh, locations, that kind of thing. And he was very open to it, and uh, so I've got one picture of me sitting in my slingback chair with my notebook and taking copious notes. And so essentially I'm self-taught in film <laughs> and I learned on the job. And um, I mentored film students at San Diego State for 28 years. That's uh, where, um, well, I wasn't at San Diego State, but I remember it was a student film. Um, actually, I think it was Andy's film, Andy DeVici. DeVici, because yeah. um, he was at High Tech High here in San Diego, and he was doing the the film uh, Always Tomorrow. Yes. Wow, what a great memory. I remember that. That was a long time ago. That, that was an interesting story. Um, Kathy McCurdy was the director of uh, student and independent films at the Film Commission, 
And uh, she got to know me through all the student films, and I had to get the permits because I produced all these student films. I did over 100 student films. I stopped counting at 100. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, Kathy called me one day, and she said, "Um, Mickey, I've got this young uh, fella here, a student, who wants to um, film his script. And I said, okay, you know, if you're recommending him, why not? So I met him at the film commission, and we sat down at the table, and he pushed this script over to me, and it was about an inch thick. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't even open it up. I said, I pushed it back to him, and I said, cut it. <laughs> and he said, I can't cut it. And I said, yes, you can. And he said, okay. And I said, I'll meet you in a week, and let's see if you've cut it. Because this is supposed to be a short film. And it, like I said, it was like an inch thick, the script. <laughs> and so the next week I went back. And he handed it to me, and it was like a half an inch thick. And I didn't even open it up, and I pushed it back to him again, and I said, cut it. And he said, I can't cut it. I said, yes, you can. If you're a writer, you can cut it. And so um, I said, I want 15 pages, a minute a page. That's it. Okay? Well, the third week came back, and there was 15 pages there. And it turned out it won the... um, International Student Film Festival, and it won um, San Diego Film Festival, and it won Temecula International Film Festival. I mean, it really did very well. And um, I found out that he was only 15 years old. Mm. And I went, oh, my. What am I going to be doing? Kindergarten next? You know? (laughs) I mean, here I'm going for college to high school. Actually, went to his high school graduation, and um, he moved on uh, to NYU Film School, and he's now working for NBC up in LA. So he's doing very well. I mean, I've been very fortunate um, with the students that I've worked with. I read their scripts. Some of them I've turned down. The ones that I've accepted and produced and cast. And craft services. I've gotten a reputation for having wonderful craft services. And so, um, yeah, anyway. You didn't need to eat. When you're on Mickey's set, you're like, well, maybe we should, you know, plan on having dinner or, or maybe have breakfast before you go or anything like that. It's like, are you kidding? Mickey's doing craft services. No way. <laughs> no way. I mean, well, the first couple of student films I was on, it was pizza. Yeah. And pizza. And more pizza. And I said, no, this has got to stop. And so I took over craft services. So I had a triple role on these student films, but it was great experience. Yeah. And so one day, like, I, what was it, 1989, mm. when I did the first Agatha and Tilly? No, that was, um, so when I met you was 2005 or 2006. Was it? Oh, I think it okay. was 2000, close to 2006. What do you actually. want? I'm 83. I, know. I can't remember. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think when you did Agatha and Tilly was around 2000. You know what? It was 2006. It was that same wow. year. You you were just doing one film after the other. I think every weekend uh, we worked on a film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop. And I loved every minute of it. But, uh, yeah, I finally decided that if these kids can write these scripts that were simple, but they they had messages, and I I just... 
They were good stories. They were very good stories. But I come from a family of comedians. (laughs) My father was a comedian. My cousin was a comedian. And um, at home, it was, um, can you top this at the the dinner table? And so um, I I led toward absurd comedy. You know, Lucille Ball... Carol Burnett, you know, slapstick type. In fact, one film festival, the judge put on in his comments on the critique, uh, watch out, Ma and Pa Kettle, um, Agatha and Tilly are coming. And, I, you know, I tell my students that, you know, and they look at me and they say, Ma and Pa Kettle, I never <laughs> heard of them. But if you look in the archives, you will find that they were, they were really very good and very popular in their day, around the 40s, early 50s. Anyway, um, so I decided to write my Agatha and Tilly. And um, why don't you share? You know, we we unfortunately don't have that video available to people. So maybe if you could take them in 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 a little short synopsis, I guess, just sort of tell them Agatha and Tilly who they were. And what, okay, you know. there were two sisters that married. Good for nothing men, and they died, and they left them penniless, and so they're trying to figure out how they're going to survive, and so um, they don't have any special skills because they were nothing but not nothing. I I take that back. They were housewives, but the outside skills they didn't have, and so um, they decided they were going to rob the local grocery store and make quick money. Uh, But they knew the owner, and they knew he had a heart condition, and they didn't want to um, scare him with a knife or a gun or a fake gun. And so they decided to use their knitting needles as weapons. (laughs) And so they get all dressed up in their Sunday best with hats, gloves, their knitting bags, and they go to the local grocery store, and they hold them up. Little did they know that he had a silent alarm recently installed. And so when we came out, um, we were greeted by the local sheriff and got arrested. And we managed to escape jail by using my knitting needles, picking the lock, and walked off into the sunset. And that was the first first episode. And then after that, it was just one silly episode after another. And I wrote 12 of them. By the way, in the end of the episode, when they're walking off into the sunset, just so that you know, these are two little old ladies. Uh, This was shot in Julian, that Mm -hmm. that part of it was. And um, when they broke out of jail, uh, what was it, an (laughs) AK-47? Oh, yeah, actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one of the crew members was a um, um, San Diego police officer yeah. who had his own private collection, and we were able to use his guns. Um, and, of course, he was on the set um, watching them. We had a permit. And uh, when I lifted it off the gun rack, I almost fell on the floor <laughs> with it. It was so heavy. I, I just couldn't imagine going around carrying these things, uh, certainly not for little women. I'm a five foot 
And I think I was like 110 pounds at that time. Not anymore, but anyway, um, yeah, it it was quite an awakening that uh, these guns were really (laughs) pretty hefty. You know, uh, that's the other thing that's really amazing. Um, And this this is good for our listeners to know, too. Uh, When you you were just talking about how you got your hands on an AK-47 for a movie, um, that's those aren't easy things to do, but as you get to know people, um, you for listeners just to give you a little heads up on this, you'd be surprised at the people that w- that are open and willing to help you with your film. Absolutely, yeah. actually, what happened was um, my husband and I did fifteen years of um, RSVP, which is the Senior Volunteer Patrol. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day at one of our uh, RSVP meetings, this um, police sergeant came in and um, they, he was assigned to do a SWAT training film for high school shootings, which was just starting a Columbine. And so um, he was just looking for extras, you know, grandparents to be in the background and I could see this stressed look on his face, and I really felt sorry for him. And so as he was leaving, I caught up with him, and I said, would you like some help? And he said, well, yeah, you know, you want to sign up for background? That's great. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I produce and I cast films. And he went, oh, God love you. And <laughs> I became an instant partner with him. And um, actually, I cast 178 students, and we filmed at Patrick Henry High School and uh, got all these students in the different high schools uh, that were in drama classes. And there's one shot of me in the bushes saying, be real, be in the moment, you know, (laughs) and it's like, oh, gosh, but... It went so fast that I don't think people noticed it. But anyway, uh, Wayne was the one who was in charge of this film. And he was the one that wound up working on my films. He got interested in filmmaking. He brought in another um, officer. And he, in turn, has done three feature films. So, I mean, it kind of grows. Yeah. And so um, I've got the the um, help of, between these two officers. Uh, they have their own equipment now. Um, and so I help them with their films. They help me with my films. You know, it's it's a type of community where you just help each other. You can't do it alone. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely. I know even when when we worked on a couple of our of your Agatha and Tilly films uh, in Hamul, it's about you know getting to know your community and and just socializing with people. Uh, in real life, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not just online. Um, but you'd be surprised. I mean, I know that you've practically recruited a dentist, you know, your dentist into being in one of your movies. And, and, and that's coming like up. That. Yeah. 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 But I want to talk about... Um, but I had to have a root canal done first before <laughs> yeah. I could get him to consent that's to his office. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about now um, for a filmmaker, I mean, for our listeners, uh, aspiring filmmakers and some of them more experienced and some of them who want to, who are thinking about making films with their phones. 
Um, you don't have to always be the one shooting it, but if you've got, because you're a writer and you're an actor, um, not, okay, so she's a writer, an actor, a producer, um, and... Don't forget craft services. And craft services. <laughs> she, she, she's amazing. Um, and to have someone, you know, I don't, you know, some of our listeners are just, they've got stories in their hand and they're, they've written them out. They've got screenplays in their hands, basically. And, um, you, one of the things you said in our last film festival was like, you know, write it to shoot it, you know, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, write what you can shoot. Um, don't exactly. And I was saying, you know, don't have an airplane crash, you know, because that's yeah. almost impossible unless you have got zillions of dollars, you know. Yeah. Start out simple. Yeah. And that's what I did. I wrote the story around the locations that I had at hand. And so that I didn't have to go out and beg or pay for locations. I mean, I got the reputation for being the queen of 500 <laughs> and under dollars films. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, write the story around what you have available, and life will be a lot simpler. Um, Fortunately, um, acting classes that I took, I was able to get good actors. And so I recommend that if you're going to hold auditions, go to the acting schools first, these actors are more than happy to work for nothing. So, except for food, craft for, services. Except for craft services, yes. Good reputation. So you, you got location free, you've got actors free, and then the students that I had produced and cast for in the past, like you, came back and worked on my films. So you, you're developing... A, a community of um, actors and um, crew members. And you can just make a... Well, my last film was $48. <laughs> so go figure on that, okay? Um, that's, the one, that's the one that we watched uh, last year. Uh, yeah. Because Mickey sponsored the film festival last year. And... and Sometimes she competes. Sometimes she sponsors. She just loves being a part of it. Um, I wanted to also ask you, because Sean, Sean Donaldson, uh, he was at the film festival. He couldn't be here today. But um, his experience as well has helped you. Because when you shot... Now, so there, there are a couple films that are already under her belt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> shot with iPhones. Um, but this last one, uh, the the one of the cooking show, was it Aunt Tilly's Aunt Kitchen? Aunt Tilly's Kitchen. Um, that was shot. Uh, the only difference between that film and any of the other films that you have made, um, and you shot it with um, with Sean Donaldson and Richard Tews. Tews, yeah. Um, they had all the regular film equipment from years past right? and years present. <laughs> right. And so they had all this high-tech equipment, and they are actually simulating that they're recording this cooking show with a 
with a regular, you know, production camera. Yeah. But the film is shot with an iPhone. And uh, one of the cool things about it, too, is that um, uh, Narelle Nash, who who won with her film, The Actor, last year, she Mm -hmm. was sitting in the audience, and I remember her asking you. Now, uh, she said, she asked you, what what did you use for sound for that? And your answer was, to record the sound, did you use any special microphones or anything? No. <laughs> and use the iPhone. That's right. So it was in a quiet enough room. You know, it was done mm-hmm. in, in an apartment with a kitchen and all that. But they were, because of the proximity of the phone on the set, basically, and not having a loud environment... Um, and it was the iPhone 6S. The, the microphone was good enough to get that, and it still sounded great. It, it sounds great. It yeah. really does. And yeah. it looked great because you also had, uh, you know, good lighting. Good color, clarity. Too. Yeah. I really, well, I was pleased with it. Oh, and so was the audience. Um, listeners, we're definitely going to share that film with you on the notes on this podcast. On this podcast, you'll have to go to the notes and click on the link. Um, but that film was very professionally made, um, but the camera didn't have any attachments to it. Um, it was actually no. put on a tripod, right? <laughs> right, just on a still tripod, and that was it. Yep, and uh, didn't have any microphones, no lenses, or no, they weren't using apps, right? Nope. So, you know, I just kind of wanted, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of, in the forums out there, there's a lot of chatter about, you know, um, talking to our listeners, what they must have in order to shoot their film, uh, especially if they come from the filmmaking uh, industry already, you know, where they're trying it out as independent filmmakers, low-budget filmmakers. Oh, you know, I came from 35 millimeter. That was yeah. my first <laughs> camera. With lighting and screens and yeah. and sandbags and boxes, apple boxes, and and all this equipment all the way up to now with just the iPhone on a little tripod. And and some, well... Life is simple now. There was some good light there also that they used. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, one light. But um, what I'm trying to say is, like, even if you've only got the minimal amount of stuff that you're using with your regular camera... And things like that, or maybe you had an old camera and have some old equipment somewhere, or even if you go got a friend who's making films and you can rent a light from them or borrow one or have them be a part of it. I mean, you really don't need to go out and buy stuff. And I know there are people out there selling this that are saying, "Shh, don't tell them that." But you got to. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but you know um, that is a fact, and and my job. And what I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing is to help people who never really were able to make films because they didn't have a big camera and the funding and all that. But so I don't want to try and tell people, you know, you must have this. You must have that. You can really make a very good looking film if you pay attention to what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be a professional light either. No, you know it just it can just be where you're standing. Home Depot, right? You can get a flood lamp, flood mm-hmm. lamp, and use that. Maybe even bounce that off of a wall or something right. like that. 
long as um, you know shadows. As long as you know shadows, and that also comes from where you position yourself right. and your subjects, subjects also being people, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But you really can't make a really good film. Um, but you have to know that. You have to kind of start experimenting, right, Mickey? And then you start learning things. You know, you look at the stuff and you're going, well, there's a lot of shadows in this. What if I do this way or that way? And that's how you learn by doing. Yeah, I, I suggest that maybe you um, go to local uh, film group mm-hmm. club. We have one here in San Diego. There's a lot and of them. A lot of them, yeah. And uh, go to the meetings, and uh, they'll introduce themselves in the beginning of the meeting, and they say, I need PAs, production assistants. Hallelujah. Go for it. <laughs> Raise your hand and get on the set and learn. And so when you start to think about doing your own film, you've got a base of knowledge. And, um, and you know, I'll, I'll be really honest with people. The Mickey, the, the Mickey's, the films that Mickey used to work on, these were student films, but she was bringing in professionals, uh, to that. I remember there was a sound, a sound guy mm, that yes. he's, he, we were talking during a break and he had worked on, uh, Little House on the Prairie, Family Ties on television. He had this huge uh, rap sheet, basically, all this background that was professional. And uh, they had met you through different venues. But, you know, some of these, uh, what you might think, oh, it's just a little film. It's maybe just a student film. You'd be surprised at some of the people that are there. So you don't just learn from being on set, but you learn by talking to people and by, you know. I, I call it networking. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and it's really important. Um, but also developing a reputation, a good reputation. And if you are putting out good films, um, these people want to get on board, shall yeah. we say. And um, so you get better and better um, trained people working on your on your set yeah besides students in fact i've got a film right now and in, in progress and it's a san diego state film student and um, she's moved up to assistant cameraman <laughs> so you know um I'm, I'm getting her free but she's getting credit for it and um so you know it's just like i said networking working with other people that um, you know have a good reputation, and network doesn't. You know, a lot of people consider networking as a as a way to go and work with somebody, but that doesn't always take place. It, you could network, you know, do your put your networking hat on, be on that set, talk with people, mm-hmm. and if they're willing to talk to you because you're doing a good job there, you know, that's right. the other thing. Um, that if they're willing to talk to you, you can learn a lot from them. You may never see that person again. You may never work with that person again, but you're still getting a lot from that. It doesn't always have to lead to, you know, to work with someone, but Mm -hmm. you can gain a lot of knowledge just from that. They'll give you a lot of details. Um, When it comes to shooting with your film, Mickey, what would be your advice 
for filmmakers who've never, never, ever shot anything before to uh, people who are basically starting out. What filmmaking advice would you give to them? It's I would say start short. <clears throat> Don't do a lengthy film. Um, do a two, three minute and just get your feet wet. See where you've gone wrong. Listen to the judges' critiques and go from there. That's what I do. Yeah. What would you, what would you give advice? What would you say to filmmakers who are more experienced about making films with their phones? Go for it. <laughs> Just go for it. I mean, I like I said, I started at thirty-five millimeter. My last ca camera was the Canon GL two. And then all of a sudden the iPhone popped up and it was like, I got to try it. Just try it. And you'd be pleasantly surprised. I mean, I've done well with the, the iPhone. And um, I made life a lot simpler. But uh, just don't look at it like, oh, it's just a phone. No, 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 no. It is a camera. It is an instrument to use to make films. And just jump in there and, and do it. And one more thing I want to ask you, Mickey. So um, the one thing that you've always said, I, I know I mentioned this a little bit ago, uh, but you always say um, you're never too old to make <laughs> movies, to make films. Uh, do you feel like that right now is more important than ever? Um, I believe that it's more important now than when I was younger because it keeps me active mentally and physically. And at 83, I can take anybody on. <laughs> <laughs> But also because of the phones, you know, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, the phones Liberating. have made it much easier for me. I don't have to worry about lugging equipment around or storing it. I'm living in a senior facility now, believe it or not. This is, a, I don't expect that I'll be interviewing <laughs> podcast guests in senior facilities. That would be awesome to interview more. <laughs> But this is a, a first for me and it's really exciting because you have this kind of advice to give to people who are probably way younger than you, who are, you know, intimidated by the whole filmmaking well, They shouldn't be. They yeah. shouldn't be. Just go for it. The first thing you need is what? A story? A story. That's how she always talks. So I've known Mickey for many years, uh, since, like I said, since 2006. Um, I graduated. I, I actually wasn't a student at the time. Uh, what happened was that one of the my colleagues from college uh, had been working on, on sets for you. And he contacted me. This is how things happen sometimes. And he said, uh, you know, Susie, would you please do me a favor? Um, I've got another commitment and I need to get out of this one with Mickey. And, um, and would you please go and meet with her and see if she'll hire you to be the, the production assistant Um, and, uh, and it was a volunteer thing, even, you know, and I said, oh, okay. And I went and I, 
started working with you. And working on sets with Mickey uh, and knowing her for all these years, the one thing I can count on is that she'll just be sitting there at night, you know, getting ready to go to bed or something, and she'll get an idea in her head. And you got to remember, she's an actor and a writer. She's a director. She's a producer. She's also worked as a casting agent here in San Diego. There are a lot of people that know that. She has a great reputation as that, too. Um, but she's she just gets these ideas, and also she's a, kind of a comedian. <laughs> so yeah. she does a lot of comedy. And so she'll get this idea, and she'll think it's funny, and she just sits down and types up a script in one sitting sometimes. You, you'll do yeah. write a screenplay. Sometimes it'll take me only 15, 20 minutes to type up a, screen, a screenplay. A script, yeah. Yeah. And from that, then it's about putting people together. And once you put people together, that's it. It's all done. It's, it's just a matter of getting out there and doing it. Uh, life experiences I write mostly on. You know, something that's funny that's happened to me, and I'll embellish on it. So let me ask you one last question. Your experience in the International Mobile Film Festivals, what really did you like the best? I can't end this podcast without asking you that. Um, It's inspired me because it's so easy to make films with an iPhone. It's inspired me to continue making films. Um, if I had to do it with, you know, video cameras and all the lighting equipment and what have you, it would be a lot more difficult for me at my age. But because the iPhone is so easy, it's like, there's no end to it. I mean, I'll talk to you people when I'm 110 (laughs) and I'm still doing films. That's right. So the simplicity of of, uh, the iPhone. Well, I imagine that some of the listeners who are listening to this, hopefully, are some of the ones that met you, you know, the people that came to our film festival, you know, like the ones from Australia Mm -hmm. and places like that. And one of the things that they told me, and I'm just sharing this for the first time with Mickey, they told me that you inspired them. Even though they're already making films with nice iPhones, to know. Yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so she was inspired. We we inspire each other basically oh, yeah. by you know it, it's it's like playing this this on this field, you know, like a team where my my place is to create this platform and to give that to people and to provide this space for people to come to and and feel comfortable in sharing their films and meeting each other um, and to create a place where people can inspire each other. And so for me, it was really, you know, it was really, really cool to hear that from people. Mickey inspires me. Mickey inspires me. And I know that means a lot to you. So, it does. It yeah. really does. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll inspire me to go well, on and on and well, on and on. Whatever you do, you better yeah. not give up now. No, gosh, No. <laughs> Wonderful. Listeners, I hope now that you're inspired as well and um, and that you continue or begin uh, to make movies with your phone. And as you know from what we just shared with Mickey, it doesn't matter if you have all the gear 
or none of the gear. Um, you just need to get out there and do it, but you must have a good story. So I know everybody's got great stories. Thank That's you for sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.